Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. Something that I have um, learned over the years is things aren't always what you think. Would you agree with that? Um, You get married and it's not always what you think. It's not always what you fantasize it to be. Uh, It's sometimes harder than you anticipate. More challenging. You didn't think toothpastes and sharing sinks was going to be a thing. But even though it's different, it doesn't mean it's not better. I think sometimes we struggle with the idea that it's different than I thought, then it can't be better than I thought. Uh, You know, parenting, for instance. You have all these ideas about what parenting is going to be. You're going to be the parents whom the kids actually listen to. And then you have the kids. And it's just like, oh, this is harder than I thought. Right? I mean, it goes like that with everything. Marriage, parenting, working. You thought, oh, I'm going to have all this money. I'm going to do what I want. And then with working comes bills. Right? I mean, life is full of this dichotomy where it's like, okay, uh, it's, it's, it's not what I thought it was going to be. It's not what I imagined it was going to be. And sometimes what we do is we expect certain things to be a certain way, and even when it's better, we don't see it that way because we had a wrong expectation. When God brought us to plant the block church in Philadelphia, I didn't expect some of the challenges that have plagued us to have been part of our life. I thought planting a church would be a little bit, I knew it would be hard, but I thought it would be a little bit easier than it's been. There's been more challenges and trials and troubles and pains than I could count. And honestly, if I would have known what it would have taken before I said yes, I probably wouldn't have said yes. But you know, God is so good and he's such a good father because sometimes he won't show you the full story because if he did... You wouldn't say yes. COVID was uh, difficult, would you agree? That's an understatement. I mean, not just loss and, and losing people, but all the challenges it created in our own lives. For us as a church, uh, we lost six, we had to move our church six times. I mean, it was. It was so bad, I got to the point where I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Have you ever been there before? It was so bad, I think people were out of their mind during that time. I I had this lady, she was uh, harassing me. And sometimes pastors have people in their congregations who just don't like them and they're there to cause problems, not be a blessing. Don't be that person. This lady was harassing me, and I know that she wasn't all there. In fact, um, I believe she was a witch. And she kept sending weird emails with scriptures out of context, and it was just like, okay, whatever. But then she started showing up to our offices. And when she got to our offices, she would stand there and she'd go, Where's Pastor Joey? And then, of course, my team would be like, He's. Not here, you know, like she's 
looking for me. And sometimes she would catch me outside the office and she would get in my face and start screaming at me as I'm trying to find my car. And she would say, she would say, stop following me. You're harassing me. You left a dead bird in my house. And I'm thinking to myself, yes, that's my signature. I leave dead birds in people's houses. You know, it's just weird stuff. Have you ever had anything weird like that happen to you? And she kept following me and seeing me. And every time she would catch me, she would say those words. Stop following me. You're harassing me. You left a dead bird in my house. And I asked the Holy Spirit one time, I said, I said, why is she saying that I'm harassing her? And I felt like the Lord said, because you are. This is a demon and you are harassing the territory that was hers. Do you understand how much the enemy hates it when you take steps, when you take territory? And one day I was sitting at the park with my son. He's playing in the water. I was texting my wife, and all of a sudden, here is this lady, and she's standing over me, almost like, like a weird Alfred Hitchcock movie. And she starts screaming at me and cursing at me. Stop following me. Stop following me. You left a dead bird in my house. And at this point, my, at the time, three-and-a-half-year-old runs up to me. He jumps in my arms. And she's screaming, and she's wearing this backpack, and she throws this backpack down on the bench. And at this point, I'm backing up, and I've backed myself in the corner of this public park. And she's fumbling through her bag, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I think she's going to shoot me. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if I die today, I'm going out a martyr at least. And instead of... I mean, it feels like forever. Like, I just felt like my, my life was flashing before my eyes. And she pulls out, not a gun, but she pulls out an axe. <laughs> and she pulls out this axe, and for the next 15 minutes, she begins to chase me around the park. And I'm holding my son, and I'm on the phone. I'm trying to call 911. I'm trying to get anyone to pay attention to me. And it was just chaos for 15 minutes until finally these dads in the park understood what was happening, stood in front of her, protected me. But I just kept thinking, God, this is not what I thought. Now maybe you've never had anybody chase you with an axe. You're like, no, that's normal activity in my house. Well, aren't you glad you're in a great church where you can get some counseling? But maybe you've not had something that drastic, but can I tell you, anytime you're obedient to God or willing to be, the enemy is coming for you. And if we have these preconceived expectations that things are supposed to be a certain way, then we might miss the blessing in the midst of the burden. And today, I want to preach a message to you titled, This is Not What I Thought. Come on, look at somebody next to you tell them, This is not what I thought. This is not what I thought. I want to go to Acts chapter 16 for a moment. And Paul is on his second missionary journey, Acts chapter 16. 
And uh, Paul and Silas are ministering together and attempting to go to Asia, but the Spirit of God is keeping them. I actually like to say the Spirit of God is protecting them. A lot of times when God keeps us from things, we think God's just being a mean, bad dad. But a lot of times it's for our protection. Then Paul and Silas, they try to go to Turkey, but God prevents them there too. And then Paul has a vision in verse 9 and 10 to go to Macedonia, which is Greece, to minister, so they leave at once. Let's pick up there, Acts chapter 16, verse 9. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia and northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. Let's skip to verse 16. They go to Macedonia. The Bible says, One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they've come to tell you how to be saved. I want to stop there. Something that I think you should be aware of is that any time you're obedient to God or trying to be obedient to God, three things will happen. First thing that will happen is there will be natural resistance. Everybody say natural resistance. Uh, and, you can, and you can take the scripture off the screen. Now, natural resistance... So is, 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 is not as spiritual as sometimes we make it. A lot of times believers will have challenges in their life, but they'll blame the devil for it. Have you done that? My spouse is driving me crazy. Get behind me, Satan. No, you're just hard to live with. At least that's what I've been told. You know, it's just it's like, my kids are crying, and they're, they're awful. Well, no, they're, they're kids. This isn't the devil. You just didn't sleep train them. You know, oh, my, my boss is, is he's, he's difficult. You know, he, he expects me to do my job. No, that's not the devil. He's just your boss. Did you know what I'm talking about? You want to start a business, you're going to have some challenges. God bless you. Those are, that's the laws of nature, natural resistance. You, you want to be married, right? You're going to have personality challenges. That's okay. That's not the devil. That's normal. Whenever you attempt to function in a positive way in life, you're going to have natural resistance. Everybody say natural resistance. Second thing you're going to experience is demonic pushback. Somebody say demonic pushback. Some of you are already like, I rebuke the devil. I don't even want to say that out loud. But demonic pushback is unexplainable challenges or pains, but it's not enough to take you out. It's, 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 it bothers you. It's like, a, it's like a pinched nerve. It's like, ah, this isn't going to take me out, but I don't, I don't want this. And in verse 16 and 17, this is exactly what you see. God sends them to Macedonia, follows by Paul. These men are servants of the Most High God, right? She's calling them out. This is a little bit of demonic pushback. It's not nothing you can't handle, but it will be there. 
I want to warn you, not to scare you, but I want to, I want to encourage you today. Please understand that in your life, if you ever say yes to God, you're going to get some demonic pushback. It's like, I, I became a tither today. I, I'm going to give 10% for the first time. And then all of a sudden, your car breaks down. You've been there? Okay, that, that's not the laws of nature. A lot of times, that is the devil trying to get you off track. Right? It's like, it's like I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to live a life of purity and holiness and righteousness. And all of a sudden, somebody ugly looking good now. <laughs> you know when the devil shows up. Right? It's like, it's like any time... Believer, this is for believers. Anytime you say yes to God, you want to be obedient to God, there will be demonic pushback. Get over it. Stop whining about it. Just understand greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Like God's given you authority. But then here's the, the third one. That, this is the one that's, that's challenging for me and that I think I'm going through right now. Is yes, you'll have natural resistance. Yes, you'll have demonic pushback. But you'll also, the deeper you go in your faith and the more faithful you are, you will be exposed to other attacks. Somebody say exposure. Exposure feels unbearable, but also the Holy Spirit feels bigger. Uh, those other attacks... This is deeper. Like, like this is when you've overcome, when you've graduated to a level in your faith where the demonic pushback is like, okay, fine, I'll deal with it. That's a pinched nerve. But the exposure to other attacks, it feels like you need back surgery. Ever been in a hospital room? Not sure how you got there. And even though you feel as if all hope is lost, you also sense the Holy Spirit strengthening you where you hear the songs and the prayers of the people around you. Please understand that the higher you go, the deeper you go, the mightier your prayer life is. You will be exposed to other and greater attacks. And we know this because not only have I experienced this in my life, and I know some of you have, but you see it throughout the Old Testament. Noah, he had hostile people. Rain before the boat was completed. Moses had Pharaoh and ungrateful people. Joseph had Potiphar's wife and prison. Elijah had Jezebel and isolation. By the way, we are still fighting the spirit of Jezebel today. David had Goliath and Saul. The prophets had evil kings. And then the New Testament, the disciples and the apostles were harassed, dispersed, and martyred. But hear me on this, believer. Write this down. God has a way of building character and calling through opposition. Let me say that again because maybe you don't believe me yet. God has a way of building character when there is opposition. And it's character you need so that you can meet the appointed moment of destiny for your life. Why? Because it's trouble and challenges and opposition that develop perseverance and perseverance Come on, talk to me. Perseverance develops character. 
And it's character you need because it's character that holds you in place when the exposure to other attacks are great. Now, I think you'd agree with me in verse 16 and 17, right? Paul and Silas, they get sent to Macedonia. And what's cool about this story is in, in or early, maybe verse 14, they actually see somebody get saved and get baptized. And so they had a little success early on. Have you ever said yes to God? Had a little success early on? Feeling like, all right, we're good. I should have did this 30 years ago. Right, And then verse 16 and 17, they're out doing their thing, and they get a little bit of demonic pushback. But would you agree with me that in verse 16 and 17, it's not that big of a deal? Would you agree with me? At this point, the demonic pushback is not that big of a deal. But in verse 18, the Bible says, this went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Verse 19, her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. Okay, so we've crossed over from a, a little bit of demonic pushback to now exposure to other attacks. I've learned, friends, that in this life and cultural climate, if you do one thing right for one person, somebody else will be mad about you for it. I had a friend who they called... And they asked him to revitalize a church. The church was dying. It, it, it was older. There was no resources. And he went there, and all of a sudden, they started reaching new people, and people started getting saved, and the church started to fill up. And for those people, it was exciting, and it was good, but for the people who occupied the pews that didn't like the change, they got mad about it. And what did they do? My man had 2,000 people in church when they used to have a hundred, but it was the hundred who fired him and kicked him out. People don't like change because they don't like to lose control. And one of the greatest tactics of the enemy is control and fear. And so when God called Paul and Silas to Macedonia, they have a little bit of success early on. That's great. Then a little bit of demonic pushback. But when the enemy saw that they, he was losing control, and Paul said, I am tired of this woman bothering us as we do God's work. He cast the demon out. The devil took it up a notch. When you elevate your spiritual life, the enemy also elevates his attacks. I don't like to give the devil credit, and we shouldn't, but he's not dumb. And if you're going to raise up, he's going to raise up too. You know, my, my son, my, or the other day I was telling my little girl, I said, I said, Jovi, my little daughter, you're so beautiful. And I hear, my, my son overhears me and he goes, Am I not handsome? <laughs> Shut up. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> you know, again, listen to me. 
you can do something good for one person. It was good that that girl got delivered, would you agree? But it was bad for those who own that girl because they lost their source of income. Why you get exposure to other attacks is because when you do something good for you and for somebody else, somebody's going to be mad about it because they're, con- they're going to lose some control over your life. It's like you're in a toxic relationship, right? I'm not saying you are, but I know people who might be. You're in a toxic relationship. You finally get enough faith to go, I got to get out of this relationship. Well, some people might be happy about it and say good for you, while others might be mad about it, including the person that you got out of the relationship with. Sometimes what's good for you isn't always good for everybody else. You feel God calling you to Bible college or to the ministry, and mom and dad or somebody else had plans for you to be a doctor or a lawyer. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I'm here to serve God, not man. And sometimes what's good for you isn't, doesn't always make other people happy. And a lot of us live our lives attempting to just please others so that we can keep the peace. Or a lot of us live our lives just trying to toe the company line because we just don't want any conflict. We just don't want any exposure to any trouble. And what I'm telling you is when God calls you to a place of obedience, it will bother other people. You're in a relationship with somebody and you're like, hey, I think we're supposed to wait until we're married. I know that's what God's called us to. Well, it might bother that person that you're telling them to. But who are you here to serve? And if they don't get with it, then maybe they don't love God and love you enough. Do you understand what I'm saying? That, that I think sometimes what we do in the church is we lower the bar to follow Jesus. And we apologize for God's standards. And it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but it's just like, it's... It's what, it's what God wants. I mean, I didn't write this. It's, it's not my fault. And It's like, do you really love God then? Are you really hungry for God? Are you really passionate about what he's called you to? Are you just kind of scared of hell? I think we need to stop apologizing for God. God can take care of God's reputation. What we need to get to a place of is no matter what the consequences are, I say yes to you, God. No matter who doesn't like it, no matter how it impacts other people, like I'm not going to be a jerk, I'm not going to be rude, I'm not going to go out of my way to hurt people, but I'm going to say yes to God. I'm going to go disciple somebody, win somebody. And if somebody else doesn't like it, well, guess what? I've got scriptural precedent that that's probably going to be the case. Just know, when you say yes to God, you cast a demon out of somebody, well, you will be exposed to other attacks. Are you following me so far? See, it's not always what we think. We just think, if I say yes to God, if, okay, God, you called me to plant a church, or hey, God, you called me to start this business, or hey, God, you, you called me to, to, to be a faithful spouse, or hey, God, you called me to give, or hey, God, you called me to serve. We just think that it's going to be roses and daisies at all times. 
But I recall the words of our Savior saying, in this life you will have trouble. But take heart. Have I not overcome the world? Do I not promise peace that surpasses understanding? You can't sing about it but not be about it. I got peace like a river, I got, but now I'm really angry. I've got joy like a fountain, but I hate my friend. I don't know. I, I don't know what else I got. It's like we don't sing those songs because everything's easy. We actually sing them to make a prophetic declaration that in the midst of my trouble, in the midst of my pain, in the midst of my disappointment, even though this is not what I thought, I declare, I've got peace like a river, I've got peace like a river. Even though I'm sad and I'm heartbroken, you're still the way. You're going to be exposed to other stuff. But you got one life. You're going to make the most of it? Or are you coward towards the enemy? That at the end of the day, we know he loses anyway. Verse 20. The Bible says the whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews. They shouted to the city officials. They're teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. And verse 22. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Can I just be honest with you for a second? This is where I get... And just honestly, have you ever been faithful and just got frustrated? For a while, I used to think, God, I'm sorry, I feel frustrated at you. And I don't, I don't know if God minds, in fact, I'm confident, God doesn't mind our honesty. But I think more than anything, we get frustrated at God's process, not God. And, and here in this moment, I'm kind of like, God, it wasn't supposed to be this way. Because again, just, just go with me for a second. Paul and Silas are trying to go elsewhere, and the Spirit of God doesn't let them. Think about this for a second. We want to go here, God, for you. We want to go here, God, for you. And God's like, nope, 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 nope. I want you to go here. And so if I'm Paul and Silas, after I get beaten with rods and arrested, I'm thinking to myself, did I hear you correctly, God? Because you told me to go here, and now all I've gotten is trouble. Have you been there before? Where it's like, 
God, I've been pure for marriage and I've been waiting for somebody and I'm still not married yet. What are you doing, God? Or I've got this sickness and this disease and it's not fair. God, why? Ministry is just so hard. We still don't have a building yet. God, where are you? Have you been there before? My marriage was supposed to be good, but it's not been. My kids are a mess. I thought I'd make more money by now. We prayed for children, but we don't have them yet. Christianity has questions that aren't getting answered. Have you been there before? It's just like, God, I... Why? 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 You told me to do this. You, you told me to be obedient. You told me to go here. And I'm still not where I thought I'd be. If you follow Jesus long enough, you will arrive at this place of tension. Where you will go, God, this is not what I thought. Pastor, have you been there? I've been there. If I can be honest with you, I'm there right now. We've been going for nine years. And it's been up and down and heartache and even some backstabbing and some This is not what I expected it to be. I think some of us aren't honest enough with God. And so we put on a mask with our faith and we sing and we worship, but we don't have anything to go live life with and go into battle with because we're not honest with God about. And so when the life hits us, we leave the faith or or we don't have the strength to stand in the midst of the storm, it's because, man, we've got to be honest with God and say, God, where are you? You know the song we sang today, Waymaker? And the, the bridge or whatever it is, it says, even when I don't see it, you're working. When I first heard that song, I'm like, I hate this song. even when I don't feel it you're working but I don't feel it are you actually working (laughs) I feel like you've stopped I feel like you've stopped God where you at waymaker for my neighbor but not for me waymaker for the other pastor but not for me Everybody's got a building except for me. And I'm like, Elijah, go and kill me, God. Take me out. Have you been there? Can I tell you what I'm learning? God is not here to meet your expectations. He's here to exceed them. He's willing to exceed them if I let him, if I don't quit, if I keep the faith. 
We have to shift our perspective that God is not going to do things the way you expect him to. He's God and I'm not. And his timing is not my timing. Because if I made the world, I would have made it in one day, but he took seven, six. I wouldn't have rested. He did. We need faith. God hasn't failed you. I just don't like his plan. I just don't like God's plan all the time. Can I be honest with you? And I don't think all the time we do, but like I love him and I've got to trust him. And I do need the faith to stay, the faith to fight, the faith to be faithful, the faith to be courageous, the faith to win, the faith that God didn't send me here to die. But even if I did, it'd be for his glory and for the good of those who are around me. Every time I read this story, <clears throat> I just break a little more. And I think that's what God wants from me. And in verse 25, pastor tried to preach my text this morning. Around midnight... Come on, you still believe this happened? Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening, and suddenly, come on, somebody say suddenly. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations, and all the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. And I can hear them in the background singing, even if I don't feel it or see it, you're working because you're the way maker. You're the miracle worker. And I bet you in that moment they were glad they didn't give up on God. It's just that God does it his way, his time. And he uses people who trust the process and stay the faith. Because if I'm Paul and Silas, I'm not as saved as them. I'm the one singing all the bad lines. I mean, if I'm cold and naked and bruised in a prison cell, and I don't have social media and TikTok and Instagram to tell everybody how awesome I am for God, I'm not sure I'm singing hymns. But here they are. just faithfully and passionately declaring that he's the way maker. Do you do that? Do you faithfully, even when you don't feel it, even, even when you don't see it, even when it's not what you thought it would be, God is up to something. God is up to something. Do you believe that God is up to something in your marriage and in your work and in, in your life and in your body and in your mind? God is up to something, but you got to stay around long enough and declare he's good enough that he can do it. My way maker, you're still the miracle worker, Jesus. Help me believe, God. Help me believe. Help me believe you're not done yet. 
No, verse 27 is the best part of this story. The Bible says the jailer woke up to see the prison doors were wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop. Don't kill yourself. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Jesus. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved along with everyone in their house. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in the house were immediately baptized. He brought them into their house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. Can I tell you something? You know what meeting my expectations would have been? That none of this happened. And, and, and if you're honest, if you're honest with yourself, your expectations of God are, God, no drama, no trouble, only elevation, only up to the right, only blessing, only favor. And I'm not saying that we should walk around all the time in our life going, when's the next tragedy coming? When's the next trouble coming? When's the next trial coming? No, we shouldn't do that because then we're miserable and grumpy and we're like the world and nobody will want what we have. You should have expectation that God is good and that he's faithful and that your breakthrough is on the way. But my expectation is that God doesn't allow for trouble. But God, thankfully, is not here to meet my expectations. He's here to exceed them. And if I'm Paul and Silas, a few years later, as I pen this and I'm writing and I'm looking and I'm going, man, I'm so glad all this happened because God got the glory. Every trouble for his glory. Every trial for his glory. Every pain for his glory. Every disappointment for his glory. I'm thankful that I ran the race and I was faithful and I did not give up and God is looking for some people right here in Philadelphia who are going to say, no matter what, come hell or high water, God, you got me. And I'm with you. And I won't let go of your hands. That's what God's looking for. That's what God's looking for. That's where miracles take place. Everybody wants a miracle. Nobody wants to need one. But the midnight hour miracle, and God is always on time, hate to tell you, never early, never late, wish he'd be early sometimes. But he's doing something because, to be honest with you, Paul's got a whole lot more drama ahead. He's got to get shipwrecked. He's got to get bitten by snakes. He's got to get in prison. Like, like this moment is building him for his greater glory. Can I tell you something, church? Listen to me. Whatever you're going through today, God's building you for something better. God is not here to meet your expectations. He's here to exceed them exceedingly, abundantly, beyond anything we could ask, think, dream, or imagine. He is the way maker. 
even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it. I'm closing with this. Almost left Philadelphia through COVID. Um, have thought more times than I can count if this is the end of the line for our church. Having had to move so many times, we lost a location during all this stuff. We were in contract with a building and had to walk away last minute because there were environmental issues. But I just hear in the back of my mind, in the back of my heart, that even though I don't feel it, I know he's working. And you may not be a pastor or a minister who's dealing with those things, but you might be thinking to yourself, I'm on my way out of my marriage, but I want to tell you that God has done more miracles than you can think in the midst of marriages. Some of you are like, I'm ready to walk away from the faith. I'm struggling. I don't know. I'm, I'm disappointed. My job, this business that I wanted, all these different things. Can I just tell you, God's working in the midst of it. And maybe God calls you to shift on some things and adjust and pivot. I don't know what it is, but what I'm telling you is don't let go of the hand of God. He's always willing to show up when we least expect it and exceed your expectations. So would you, would you stand with me, every person? Nobody moving. You bow your head and close your eyes all over this room. I want to ask you an important question today. Are you far from Jesus? Maybe you've never invited Jesus to be your Savior. Or maybe it's been a long time you've been running from God. Today's the day to come home. And if that's you in this place, you're saying, i got to get right with God. i got to begin a journey with God. i I got to make him king again of my life. If that's you and you hear my voice and you're saying, I've got sin in my life, I, I need to get right with God, I, I need to begin again or start for the first time. If that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you wave at me right now? You're saying, I got to get right with God today. I got to get right with God today. Just wave at me. Saying, I got to begin a journey with God today. I see you. Just wave at me. Just wave at me. Wave at me. Saying, I got to get right. I, I got to make him king and Lord of my life. Can we pray this prayer together for those who lifted their hand? Can we just say, Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you that you are our Savior. I ask for your forgiveness today. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my King. I am yours forever. In Jesus' name. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, we believe that you are a believer and a Christ follower and you got to tell somebody, can we give it up for those people who prayed that prayer today? Cross the line of faith. Amen. Listen, I, I want to do one more thing before I go. If you're saying I'm going through it today, I'm struggling, I'm, I'm in the middle of the dungeon and I'm waiting on my miracle. I just want to pray faith into you and pray God's provision over you. If that's you today, you're saying, man, that, that word was for me. Man, I need God to move in my life. Would you wave at me today? Wave at me today. You're saying, I really need, I really need God to show up struggling. I want to pray God's favor and blessing. And as we sing and declare this 
bridge that he's the way maker in this chorus. I want you to sing it with all your heart today. But Father, right now in Jesus' name, every single person who's struggling, who's disappointed, who's not seen their expectations met, I pray, Holy Spirit, right now that you would pour out and you would heal bodies, you would deliver financial situations, God, that you would heal marriages, Holy Spirit, that you would fix and heal emotional brokenness and people who are separated from each other. Father, right now, every dream that's fallen and that's been broken, I pray that you would restore it today, Holy Spirit. We know that you're not here, God, to meet our expectations, but to exceed them. And I pray, God, that you would do more than we could ever ask, think, dream, or imagine. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, come on, let's give God glory. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.